I don't believe it. What's up? What's up? Grab it to the west, grab it in a place you like it best. Snatch and grab it, snatch and grab it. You better snatch and grab it before it gets away. Now grab it to the north, grab it to the south, grab it with anything, including your mouth. Snatch and grab it. Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 66. And it's me, as usual, Gary Parsons, and the Prof, Carl Riley. Hello there. So, uh, still celebrating after last night's epic Dundalk game. And uh, we have the Members' Corner with John Conley this week. So we're going to nab every member we can for the foreseeable future. And we're going to get them on the show and talk about what can be done to improve, what they like about the membership, and just give us their story about how they became a member. Yeah, looking forward to that feature. Members' Corner should be good. It was actually really interesting with John. He... he I didn't expect some of the things he said, so it was really interesting. And as usual, John surprises us with a couple of nuggets of uh, information, as usual. So We have another feature, Gar. Go on. This is a new one. We're uh, temporarily suspending the list of hatred. Yeah. The got database some, of hatred. Yeah, the database of hatred. And we've got something called Grind My Gears. So, on the sly, I've been recording some of our guests and, and stuff over the last month or two. I've been asking them what grinds your gears. You might know this from Family Guy. And uh, I have a lever here. Imagine I have a lever. And I just pull the lever. And then we play a clip that I've recorded. If you don't believe me, here we go now. Here's James Cook. Okay, this is James Cook. And this is what grinds my gears. Rovers related. It's Rovers fans giving abuse to Rovers players. Non-Rovers related. It's mean people. I hate them with a passion. I have a couple of mates, big time, and they go to the bar and they stand back, let you buy the first round, and well, does me head in. This is Sean Cook, and you know what really grinds my gears? I've only got one, but it's football related. It's players kicking the ball away and not getting booked for it. I haven't seen it happen in months, probably years actually. At this stage, it never happens anymore, and I fucking hate it. So James, are uh... A fantastic host for uh, Monthly Madness recently, mm-hmm. and they were in the Glenmalore Inn. It was fantastic stuff, so James, quite the passionate man. Yeah, we for that show, it was kind of split into two parts. At least that's what we tried to do. So the first half was kind of reviewing the match and all that. And the second half was more Mick's career. I know Mick did meander into, into Milltown days, which is kind of cool, though, the way he compared the derbies back then to now. Yeah, it's... it's but, I loved it. I, I yeah. thought Mick was great. He was really honest. But that's what we're going to try and do from now on because again, that was like nearly four hours long. So but from now on, it's going to be the guest's career in the second half and the match and stuff in the first half. So then people can pick it up where they left off or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. The, you'll get the four. You get the you get Taves from the East End first, and then you're yeah. going to get Monty Madness. Makes sense, so. doesn't it? Poor Mick Duggar. The on. only ever Monty Madness guest never to see Johnny Blues Bear. Yeah, I will have to get him back. We'll get him back eventually. He's a good crack. The crumbling lad, so we'll definitely get him back. But uh, we're still sponsored by Peach Trees. Still doing fantastic grub and a gorgeous beef cheek. And the pancakes, Prof, is 
piqued his interest with the pancakes and the ice cream. So definitely check them out and all the fantastic offers. And uh, just give him a ring or give him a bell. Check him out on Facebook. That's Peter East. And um, yeah, so just uh, just a quick note on last night. Fair play to the fans that travel because there was a lot. It's actually the first time I think I've ever been at a game and you weren't there. It was, <laughs> it was weird. Usually you're the one going and I'm the one missing mm. it. But the only other game I missed this season was Cork away. Yeah, it was strange, but like there was a lot. I think our stand was full. They were giving our fans a bit of a, a bit of abuse, and you know Rovers fans they didn't take it at all. Uh, I'd say they maybe got to three hundred there. It was fantastic support, and uh, they were vocal throughout. So a big shout out to the fans that travelled last night, and I think they definitely deserved the victory because um, it's been a it's been a disappointing season to be honest so far. Mm. We'll move on. We'll talk about that in a while. Um, uh, we've Pat Martin. He said, The story about James's son made me tear up. Brilliant. One of the best podcasts you've done so far. And it was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was just a that session. That was a great cameo. Sitting there milling whiskey and smoking cigars. And the <laughs> second when it was half time, we had half time. We had some sambos that were prepared by uh, James. And the second he turned around and he said, Listen, do you want a whiskey and a cigar? I was like, Well, I, I'm not going to say no, am I? lashed them well, out there it was noticeable when the whiskey hit you like if you're listening to everyone listening at home it just went straight to it but there was actually like an hour long break there where we just chatted and Gareth smoked cigars <laughs> drinking whiskey <laughs> great choice by James as well I think teeling yeah. teeling something I'm not too sure but uh, I think he might have created a monster there to be honest so um, yeah really enjoyable uh, Derek Ryan an avid listener sent us an email saying he's sick of playing one up front so he was delighted that Mick and James really wanted a 4-4-2 formation. And he said, as Mick said, we're Shamrock Rovers and we shouldn't be doing the same thing everybody else does. And I think Mick Mick alluded to that as well. Mick was saying, why are we copying everybody else? And why is most teams copying everybody else? It's like it's the thing to do. It's like, ah, oh, everybody's playing 4-5-1. They don't want to be a little bit different and play something different. I always assumed it was you don't want to be overrun in midfield because everyone else is going to be playing five in midfield. Yeah, true, true. But then again, you're going to have a lot of help coming back from your strikers. You're going to have that extra man who could probably drop in as a tour midfielder. But it's uh, I, I, I'd be going four four two against Bray now. I'd, I'd be definitely going for that. Ironically, we, as you said, the only time we we had played Shaw and Carr front was away to Dundalk, and that was our next game. So I think that was kind of in the back of our minds. Let's do it again. Mm. And we did. We rattled them. We definitely rattled them. Rattled them that night. But uh, we had no game last weekend. Uh, we should have had an FBI Cup tie, like everyone else, Gareth. So weird play- not having a, a Friday, like mm. everybody else playing, and us not playing the Friday, it's, it's, it's mm. fucked up. It just says uh, general chit-chat in the script here, Gareth, so uh, did you enjoy the Pope's visit? Yeah, oh, uh, oh Papa Francis. Um, I completely and Frano. totally ignored it, to be honest. I've no time for it. Fair enough, people want to do what they want to do. I wouldn't disrespect anyone's religion or anything like that, but I have absolutely no time whatsoever. Spent the weekend with the family, had a great day, had a great weekend, and uh, yeah, that was I paid no attention to it at all. So I'm on the telly and that, but it, it looked the crowd looked sparse. You couldn't go, you couldn't get away from it to be honest from the TV and things like that. But don't think I even turned the TV on. Yeah, it was. Um, I think he's a football fan. Seems like a nice fella. I think he's an avid football fan, Argentinian. I'm not sure. Newell's old boy, something along the lines of that. He lived in Ireland for a year. In uh, 1980, apparently. Well, that's a new obviously, to see uh, Campbell and Bucko up front, see what <laughs> all the fuss is about. <laughs> Old Papa Francis in Glenmalore Park, eating bovril. Can you eat bovril? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> right, um, 
Yeah, so uh, it was it was it was very strange, and uh, CIE well, Ranch screwed me over. I had a twelve team accumulator, bro. Twelve oh. team and UCD. So UCD screwed me over. CIE were trying to get a result. Yeah, fucking UCD did me in for twelve teams. They went two up, didn't they? Two up, and uh, apparently, I think their skipper went through someone on the 75th minute. Like, red card. <laughs> straight red. Two red cards. And it was the downfall for them then. Could be a relative of Carl Kearns. And Carl Kearns, yeah. Um, a quick note on the Leinster Senior League as well. I, we're not going to make, probably not going to make a segment there, but it, the Leinster Senior League has started. And... Um, <laughs> Current reign and champs Bluebell are struggling at the moment. They've only picked up one point from their first two games. Crumlin have uh, started quite well as well. They've smashed Bangor four one the Crumlin derby recently, and uh, it's very interesting league. So, if, like I said, I think as we record now, there's a game on tonight. So Wednesday night, I'll be heading out to uh, it's just the battle of the brothers-in-laws. The battle of the brother-in-laws. Yeah, that won't be for a while. <laughs> wait, wait till they they clash. There's gonna be, I think it's Bangor against Bluebell tonight in the Ivy Grounds, so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting enough. But it's a fantastic league, like so. If you check it out, definitely definitely head down and try and catch a game, and it'll keep you it'll keep your football fix going while the the league is over. So um, yeah, so we beat Dundalk two one in Oriel Park on Tuesday night. What a win! League race Greg Bulger and Brandon Mille came in for Joey O'Brien, Aaron Bulger, and Aaron Green. So um, Brando's birthday, I know. Brando's birthday, yeah, a little present from Bradzer. That's only his uh, second league start since April in Bray. And the other game that I'm talking about there was the home win over pass. Remember, he actually came off early in the first half injured. Yeah. So it's essentially his first start in uh, four months. And just just a little um, a little note on Brando. I, I, I really rate Brando. I think he's a smashing player. He's extremely dangerous in the... The opponents half and um think Mick made a great point in Monthly Madness. He said, put him on the left, but give him a free roll. And I really agreed with that. I think if you put him on the left, he's going to do damage there. He'll drift in. He can cut players for, for like easily. He's, he's really good when it comes to skinning players. On the left, cutting yeah. and then taking shots. That's how he got, scores his goals. And I think that was a great observation by Mick. That's where I think he does his, his best. Uh, mm. He does his best work. And... If you look he, at last year, his best form was after Burke got injured. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to see a, a fit Brando and back in the fold and doing well and scoring goals. I think his best role is in the 10, but if for when he's cutting in from the left, you don't make him necessarily a winger and get him to hug the touchline. I think he does a lot of good work. So delighted to see Brando back starting. Hopefully he finds his, uh, his, his, his best form. So the trip down, I was in the Carl Carnes mobile. How was it? The, uh, it was great how does it compare to the Tuddy Mobile and the, the Lara Mobile the Tuddy Mobile the Smut Mobile as as it's known um, I think he sold it so some poor fucker is going to have to deal with that back seat you don't know what's going on in the back of that seat but um, yeah now fair play to the lads they picked me up and they looked after me because I was struggling to get down and um, yeah, yeah I think a lot of people would have given it a miss for obvious reasons I suppose based on results. Plus, it's a Melody Tuesday night in Dundalk. Yeah, Melody Tuesday night. But I will say, people hate that ground. Me, absolutely me great included. show by Dino. Dino backed Pico. Anytime scorer at twenty fives. That's random. It was. It was totally random. But he just felt it. He was in the car. He was like, I can feel it. I can 
Finn. And he was looking for Watts as well, and he I think he was going to go Watts any time as well. So he would have been up big books. I think Bucket had it as well. So great shout by the boys. Felt it in their bones. Felt it in their bounds. I think the Gary Twig bus got some good numbers in the last minute. Yeah, they had a couple of last minute lads, and uh, the old Dwyer twins had a barbecue on the bus. You serious? Yeah, they're cooking sausages now. You serious? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dan Fulham had words, had choice words for me. Oh, for no. going in the car but you know what he's a stand wanker he went into the stand oh. he's barred from the terraces he said I'm barred from the Gary Twig bus Dan Fulham is barred from the terraces or yeah he's barred from the terrace can you not stand on the death trap like a man <laughs> no, no he's a stand wanker now and it said uh, uh, said shamrocks on the scoreboard yeah what the it's, it's nails, just a way nails. it's just a way of getting at us isn't it it's a little dig for all the good it did yeah so um Excuse me, I'm, I'm uh, actually milling a pint of Guinness mm. right now. I'm still celebrating. The smell of that. Uh, it's delicious. Absolutely delicious. Wafting into my nostrils it's there. Gorgeous. Um, I'm not even going to say what time it is on a Wednesday morning. Uh, I'll keep that to myself. Yeah, so second minute, Pico rises above like a phoenix and just slots it home. I have nothing to go on here except pictures. So did he kind of lean back? Uh, it was see you know the view the view was yeah. it's kind of restricted so I think it was Finner whipped in the ball and it looked like he was it was getting away from him now it was Watts whipped it in was it Watts that whipped it in yeah. so Watts whipped it in and um, it's just a super header he got up to it really well and buried it and we were we were in shock at first I was looking around I was saying no way Pico got that two lads are absolutely chuffed so their bet came up only 90 seconds in 90 seconds in so excellent excellent stuff a good score set piece good to see us threatening so the trio of Finn, Bolliger and Watson midfield uh, by all the parts we were kind of controlling that first half in the first half hour we were excellent they, there was, they weren't overrunning us at all and um, they kind of got the bit between their teeth towards the end of the first half and it was a, it was a really like I mean <laughs> can I can I just say that I've I've never seen a referee in performance like this, <laughs> ever, in my life. Well, Doriel Park would expect. Seriously, I think it was something, 10 or 12 yellows. Probably the most inconsistent referee I've ever seen. Rob Harvey. Unbelievable. And do you know what, on the way up, I said he's the best ref in the league. <laughs> to the lads, they wouldn't leave it out. <laughs> Seriously, though, it was unbelievable how inconsistent he was. He lost the track of the game completely. He lost control a couple of stages, but... Jesus, he was so inconsistent. He really was. I mean, uh, the game just kept, kept breaking up because of fouls, and I, I don't even know if half of them were fouls. It just it seemed like every decision was wrong. And it, even I turned around when we were getting fouls, I was like, that's not a foul. That's not our free. That's that's how inconsistent it was. When was the last time we won with a shocking refereeing performance? We always seem to come out on the wrong side. I think we? the last time, the worst one I've seen was Neil Doyle up in the Cup the Sligo. 3 0 in the showgrounds, I think it was. Well, we lost that one, but I mean, we lost that one. Well, I can't won. remember there was a bad one that we won. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I suppose in the cup last year, the replay, I suppose technically didn't matter, but the fact that Doyle only gave McAllister a yellow for that, like the worst tackle of the season. Remember that? Yeah. I only gave him a yellow, <laughs> and that it would have been a ban otherwise, or a longer ban. It's on on the on the subject of officials, uh, Dundalk weren't happy with Donald Trump on the sideline either. <laughs> they were giving him um, another crumbling that. Yeah. Dog's abuse on uh, social media saying he was terrible. Um, generally, all fans were giving out with the officials last night, so it, it, it wasn't a good day for them. I, I, I just think he lost control, to be honest, and I wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time the big occasions kind of got to him. But normally he is a good referee. I, I, I've, I've rated him 
in the past. So other than that, in the first half, um, the 19th minute came along. Then we had a, a applause for Aaron Tully. So uh, we send our condolences to his family and friends. And um, you can find out the details of his of his funeral online. That was desperately sad. Only 19 years yeah, old. Yeah, I'd, abs- I'd absolutely no idea he was unwell, and it it shocked me to say the least. So uh, rest in peace to to the young guy, and um, like I said, condolences to his friends and his family. But then we had uh, Gannon. Gannon. I don't know how he kept it in on the right side. I'm nearly sure it was out, but I thought Kavanagh did well. It was a, it was a good battle between <coughs> Kavanagh and um, and Gannon. Kavanagh was a little bit more physical than he normally was. He was getting stuck in. He was making good tackles. I th- I still think he can raise a level. I still think he can go up if if he gets a little bit more aggression. Well, we've seen that in Sweden. Yeah, he can. He he, he was my man the match. Yeah, he was excellent, and he was. He was a little. He was he was a lot better to, last night. So, um, he. Gannon got the better of him and he was true on goal I thought he was going to shoot squared it missed a couple of bodies and then Benson was on the end of it and I just thought to myself he's got to bury that he's got a good rep he's a good goal scorer 10 goals, goals against 10 goals. us he, I was thinking Benson's on the end of it he's going to hammer it home but he blazed it over the bar so um, um, Carr shot one wide as well yeah Carr shot one wide Carr was, was his usual self he was just making a nuisance out of himself skinning players left right and said he has that ability to just leave a player for dead so he was, uh, he was definitely, he was good again last night. But I just, I feel like we're not getting the best out of Dan Carr because I think he do well with a strike partner. I really do. And once again, if we're gonna play this four five one, four two three one, four two three, whatever it's supposed to be, whatever it's morphed into, we need willing runners up beside Dan Carr. I don't know how many, like three or four times last night, we get the ball up to him, and he's holding up well. He wants the ball, he wants to hold it up, but he also makes fantastic runs as well. So if he's going to be put in, that's no problem. But if he's going to hold the ball up, we need to get up and in and around him. Our wingers need to be pretty much second and third forwards. Need to get in and around him, make runs so he can put them in as well. Hmm. He was isolated at times up there doing that 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 tankless roll up on his own. But There's a reason Finn only has a couple of goals. Greg Bodger has none. Aaron has none. Watts has two now, but one was a penalty. You know what I mean? Yeah, we really do need to start getting up there and giving him a bit of a hand because... Um, I, I, I think he'll get a lot more goals if he gets a, a bit more help and that was his shot but Brando as well had a snapshot and it just went wide and uh, I, it was great to see him back in the team and and a little bit of confidence there as well I know so in fairness to him when he's come on the last few times he has looked hungry yeah I mean he, the guy just loves football you know so like he was true on goal I remember against balls and he kept running with his left foot I think and he ended up running the ball to play because yeah. he kept waiting the turn on his right. And yeah. Brian Kerr in commentary was like, you, you cannot have a ging with your left. <laughs> have a ging with your have left. Have a ging. But it's like when he's true on goal, I don't feel he has the confidence to actually score. But he has looked hungry. I'm telling you, I'll revitalise Brando next season and we'll be, we'll be flying. And um, yeah, so it was a, it was an opportunist strike. To be honest, he got he got the hook. And I thought who strange should have got the hook. But Brando got the hook, and Sticking uh, with the care lingo there. I I would have went personally if it was me. I know we won the game. I think we got a bit of luck. I have to watch the penalty decision back again. But personally, at at one all, I would have I would have taken off Cousteau. I would have put on Shaw up front. I would have put Brando in the middle. I would have switched it around completely. I would have put Brando mm. we, like we were. We were. It was one all. We had nothing the, to the lose. Shaw come on for a car. Shaw it was yeah. like for like everything was like for like nothing the was changed. Sub, yeah. The usual sub. 
the car was out left for a while. Really? I don't know. I don't know what what happened there, but either way, I would have put Carl took a shot. Would have put Brando in behind him, and I would have I would have probably took Bulger off as well because he was he was kind of putting pulling out tackles because he was booked early on, so he was he was he was about to absolutely bore someone, and then he kind of just kind of pulled out and put his hands up, and he was like, "Fuck, it, I can't tackle like I'm, I was going to absolutely mill him, but I'm on a yellow." So I would I would have went for it. We've nothing to lose, no pressure in that game. But what what will what frustrates me about this is there was no pressure on us there, right? So are we a team that can't play when we need a result? Fair enough, we needed a result in, in Sweden and we got it in the ninety minutes. But we need that that performance in the last two games and dropped it in balls. Two probably mm. the most important games of the, of the season. Why couldn't we perform the way we did? In Arlo Park last I wasn't night? surprised in the least I that we played well. Against I was saying dog. to everybody, everybody was saying to me more, oh Jesus tough game I said you know what it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if we went up there and beat them yeah. typical Rovers team to go and lose two serious massive games that we on paper should win and then we go out and beat the champions well not well, elected pretty much the yeah. leaders like we go out and beat the leaders in their home ground you know it's just it's no, typical no I wasn't surprised in the least no not surprised at all but um the Duffy goal yeah they got a bit of luck it kind of it kind of bounced over. So this was ten minutes into the second half. Yeah, it was a it was a sickener, and of course, uh, those um, two young men who were warming up in front of us. <laughs> I they, heard, I heard about this guy. They were loving it. They were loving it. They they were just short to making love on the sideline. Cleary and Conley. Ah, oh, unbelievable! Embracing in front of the the Rowers fans. They were getting they were getting down and dirty in front of the Rowers fans. It was um. I heard you nearly made the poor man cry, Gar. No, I don't know what you're talking. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, the Duffy goal, I got a bit of luck with it. They they had a lot of pressure in fairness. They were really putting the pressure on. Duffy was really getting at us in the second. Yeah, half. oh man, he was roasting poor Boyle down that corner and Duffy's an excellent he's so direct he's, I'd love to have him in our team I love pace and power on the wings and it's something that sadly we are lacking Joel, Joel has mm. pace I think he's lacking a bit of power and I'd say Duffy is by some distance the best player in the league ah, he's, he's a savage he's a Sad, savage sadly you're up there too but say but you know what I think like he, I thought I felt like he was making like he was he was roasting Boyle at times and then he was looking for that ball to Hoban every time I thought that a little square ball every so often. I was terrified he was going to square it for the likes of McGrath or Benson who was coming in, but he was trying to pick out Holbin every time. Holbin, I think he had one good header maybe, but it was it was Holbin or nothing really. How did McElhenney play? He rarely has a good Missing game man. against us. Absolute invisible man. He scored that cracker in the League Cup final, but if you take that out, he did nothing. How many good games has he no, had against us? He's never really played well against, and he didn't. Same again, invisible man last night, and. Um, Watts had a free kick saved as well and Shawzy Shawzy just has so much determination when he comes on and this is a guy who's been on the bench most of the season people are going to slag me saying oh Shawzy love him or whatever but I, I, I love Gary Shaw he's one of my favourite Rovers players of the last few years because he, he plays for the short he bought in to the mentality of the club he knows what the fans are like he knows what it is about he knows what Rovers are all about and I, I know that for a fact and um he came on and he had a chance. He was nearly true on goal. I was thinking, go down. He kind of he got the better of like Shazzy's pace. He got the better of. I'm not sure which centre half it was, and I was thinking, have a pop, go on, just just have a pop. But then he kind of did a little flick over to the left, and it looked like he was going to bury it on his left foot, and he just they just got the better of him. But it was a good chance, and 
Mm. We started to kind of push on from there, you know. Yeah, so that was Shawzy. Shawzy was just harassing defenders, you know. I thought personally, I thought we could have put him up with Carr. Well, Carr had been running all night, so he, he was probably running on empty. Um, Benson had a headed chance over as well, and uh, they really did put pressure on. Like at one stage, there was about fifteen minutes of intense pressure where they were just getting out wide, doing a lot of damage out wide. And um, so, just to put people in the the death trap of a terrorist, there, these are all kind of thinking, right? Let's hang on for a point here. Yeah, pretty much. That's where your heads at at this point. Yeah, no, but I'd say about seventy five minutes. I came in. I was thinking to myself, I, I moved where I was standing. I went down to the very front of the wall. I was thinking we could probably nick one here. To be as clearing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I could feel it was it was coming. There's something about. It. I just thought to myself, I'm going down here. I feel like something's going to happen here. We're going to throw a fucking spanner in the works here. And uh, it came eventually. And the penalty decision. Gannon fell Finn. Uh, mixed opinions Kenny said it was a corner Brazza said it was a stonewall penalty yeah. obviously so it was interesting to see what um, what happened there what but, do you think um, it, I mean I was calling for everything for a penalty to be honest but I have to I have to watch it back it looked like he went yeah. down the box looks like he tripped him so we'll see we'll see what happened 93rd minute 93rd minute prof Holy absolute sins <laughs> Unbelievable, and even like, apologize. I went on the pitch. I'll be honest, but I was never not going on the pitch. That's being honest. <laughs> this season has been such a bit of a like a damn squib that I thought to myself, ninety third minute winner in Oriel Park against the league leaders. Fuck this! I'm getting a jockey back off. Fucking Dylan Watts. <laughs> get me on there and it took an eternity for him to come over when he scored he kind of sauntered over we're just there going fucking come on come on and then everybody came over fucking just absolute bedlam mayhem hat went missing looked around shaws he's got the hat on backwards <laughs> we need a picture of this celebrating in front of everybody it's absolute bedlam came over i think i got a body slam off aaron green <laughs> jumping around looking for me in a good back. way you mean. yeah yeah got, got the hat back reefed over by a steward I said some striker took me cap I had to get it back off him making up something on the fucking spot absolute scenes mm. uh, just brilliant it was very Galway-esque I hope that comes up in the video now Shazzy wearing the hat One of the, the only good thing about the Oriel Park away section in the terrace is that it looks fantastic on the TV yeah. when you score a goal and the players always run over and they ran straight over because it's right beside you Right beside you. That's what they. Sh- it's just. It's just should be natural if you score a goal over to the fans, and everybody's going nuts. So when you look at that, and do you know what? For, sadly enough, I think will soccer will will soccer public show it because it's kind of weak behind. Jeez, you're right. Jimmy. I don't think. I don't think that might see the light, light of day. Remember that Limerick game we won up there on a Monday or or something. I remember Kavanagh got sent off and I always wanted to see that replay. Yeah, we were dying to see that because we thought never it, was, saw it. It, was never a, it was never a red and he told us himself he goes, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't a red. I don't think that footage will see the light of day. Yeah, they might never show it again. I'd be disgusted if that's the case because it was epic. Absolutely epic scenes. It was one of those games, wasn't it, where just loads of great pictures pop up. So, just as Carlo was some of my favourites, you had the who bets in the crowd one holding up the four in a row fingers. Yeah, I saw that. I think that was Ray's family, Ray Wilson's family. Yeah, I think the Clearies were there too. Uh, Eric Clearies, not the not the, the crap ones. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was there was Mitzi front and center. Mitzi, Mitzi's in his blue top. Oh, Rika! 
Presum- presumably full of cheese at the time. Oh man, Gorgonzola in his pockets. You had Kieran looking for his spectacles. They were fell on the ground somewhere. Do you know what? Some young fella beside me. Actually, I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame Ryan Legru for this because I was at the front barrier and I was thinking, right, we got the pen and we're all celebrating. Turned around and he goes, right, Gar, we're going on. I looked around, it was Ryan Legru. Ryan Legru was the bad influence, and some kid beside me had his phone out ready to to video the pen. I said, listen, kid, put that away. We're going on the pitch, pal. <laughs> I said, I'm, Mark Lynch, I'm sorry. I put my hands up. I'm sorry, I did. But fuck it. You're like Joe's in Galway, apologising yeah. to the board. But the poor kid. In a dress. The poor, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't in a dress. That was, that was afterwards. No, but I was, I was, the poor kid beside me had his phone out. And he's ready to record it. I said, just enjoy it, pal. Come on. We're going to score a winning penalty in 92 minute fucking Oriel yeah. Park. Put your phone away. And he did. And he fucking loved it. This isn't Man United fans taking selfies with Spurs players after yeah. losing 3-0. Yeah, that, 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 you know what? This is Rovers. On the way in, we were talking about that. And that kind of spurred us on. That kind of spurred us on to, a, to fuck over the Dundalk players. Because like, I had ammo. And I was thinking to myself, do you know what? Why would you even bother going to those lengths? Obviously, I think I think uh, Dino or Booker came up with a stat that was saying something like twenty six percent is are, are tourists at every Old Trafford game. Mm. Fair enough, it's 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 real revenue for them, and I was not going to talk about that on, on this show. But I can't imagine anyone ever doing that in, in our league. It's just crazy to think of that. And some of the insults aimed at certain individuals from the Dundalk team last night. I don't think we're on anyone's Christmas card list to be honest. <laughs> It was like Daryl in The Simpsons. Oh, do you know, the someone tear, was doing that. Someone going was going cleary. <laughs> I think you know what pictures are being used, Gareth, for SoundCloud this week. <laughs> Go the, on. the one of Grace. Ah, oh, has the, to be, yeah. The passion on his face. And you were just there behind him. Poor Stuart getting squashed. Oh, uh, she was loving it. She was loving that. Um, yeah, so Cleary. Unbelievable doubt, stuff. Doubt me now. Doubt, doubt me now, yeah. That uh, picture has aged gracefully. Fair play to Watts. Serious pressure, Penel. Man, he was the first one up. Apparently, Green, I wanted to hold it, but it was his pal and Mork mm. was saying, because his pal bets on him every time. And he said uh, he had him to score the next goal. And he was saying to him afterwards, You should have fucking took it. I had you back to goals now. Nah, there's no taking it off, Watts. Which begs the question who is our penalty taker? Because Watts. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because it would have been Finn or me, like. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. A, a big shout out to Brandon Cabinet as well, who. Uh, was very good when he came on. He was very um, industrious, to say the least. He came on. He's some whip of a body put in a corner. Excellent, excellent delivery from that guy. He's fantastic with the ball on his left foot. There was a chance that came in. I think Rogers got a flick on it, and it came to him. He was probably eight or ten yards out on his right foot. Not an open goal. Three or four bodies in the way, but it was. It would have been an extremely good finish. He hit it with his right and into the ground, and then. Uh, Rogers had to make a save, so that kind of spurred us on. After that moment, I thought to myself, "We're gonna fucking get a goal here," because Brand- like young Brando, young Brando, Kavanagh, he he hit it back across goal. Rogers had to make a save, and it just we, the crowd just reacted, and then we just kind of pushed it home. Then it was it was excellent stuff. So he does strike me as a sort of player, Brando. Te- you, technically you want, amazing. You want when you're kind of well, we weren't behind. How are we gonna? We, how are we gonna? We were level, but. Are we going to distinguish them? Is it Brando Minor, Brando Major as well? Well, until Melee actually does something again, I'm, I'm calling Brandon Cavan the Brando. No, what I mean is, if you're behind the game, he's a sort of player I would like to see come on because he kind of makes things happen. Yeah, he's... um, boy, he's at least, The guy's only 17, still remember that. Hmm. He's taking it in a stride. Hashtag 27. 
That's his thing now. I have a pop quiz for you, Gar. Oh, lovely. Name the penalties that we had scored this season. Because I actually forgot as well. I had to look it up. Name the penalty we have scored this season. There was one Leicester senior cup, but I'll just ask you the, the league. Oh, man. This is tough. You're putting me in the spot now. Mm. Um, right, hold on. So we'll go, I'll go through the team real quickly. Ron Finn. Uh, David Mack. Borgie. Mm-hmm. Borky against was the four nil against Derry? Did he get one? No, I actually thought that one too. Go on, give it to me. But it was uh, it was Bray. Give it to me, Prof. Remember Conor Kenny got sent off in like the second minute against Br- for Bray. Bray, and yeah. then Borky put away, and he scored away in Limerick as well. Oh, away in Limerick, yeah. Should and we? The, add? And the pen was against us, obviously. Killian Brown and Richmond Park dropped it in the cup, and two in Cork was the only who saved one. Sadly, you're scoring the other. So that's the Peno stats for today. And um, yeah, Horse sent off. We thought it was Connolly. When we heard it was Connolly, we were delighted. <laughs> but uh, there's a fantastic photo there. Horse on live score, I gave him the 90 minutes. So I don't know, there's probably going to be a dispute there if you did bet on a red card because mm. uh, Dino was saying, Dino actually was the prediction king because he predicted uh, a red card. I think he predicted a Peno. And he predicted Pico to score. Basically, the, and Watts. Everything. Basically, the Buttermer bingo. Yeah. If he was ref. In this case, it was Harvey. But the Buttermer but, bingo. <laughs> but I heard. Uh, oh, seriously. If you were to go through Buttermer's games, right? It's always a red card and a penalty. It's never won. Yeah. Tells both. Maybe he's betting on himself. But I uh, heard Shields was gone. Oh, mental. Do you know what? There's a fantastic foul. I'm not sure who took it. Maybe a fan. Of an aerial view of him with the head down walking into the dressing room and Bulger's just looking at him with the smuggest look. <laughs> Bulger is just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, something happened because we were giving the lows four in a row, blah, blah, blah. But something happened in the tunnel that we kicked off. So Good. We'll, we'll get someone in the stand. Yeah, no. Taste their own medicine. Exactly, yeah. Stick it up there. How many games have you played again where they've refed the whole game? O'Donnell's ref the whole game, but he was he was Shields they got the benefit of the doubt with with the referee. They I think someone put up a stat twenty seven fouls against us, thirteen. So we had twenty seven fouls against us, thirteen in our favor. I'm I'm nearly no. Let's give or take one or two, but this, that's a lot of fouls. Like at one stage, there was three or four in a row for nothing. Coming together is like what football is all about. It was it was insane. So. Really poor, really poor performance from from Rob Harvey. That's that's how I felt anyway. For both sides, like I mean, Dundalk can't say they were screwed over because we he broke up the play for, for us like there was no tomorrow. It was crazy. But um, our RTE.ie comment: nine yellows and one red card sounds like a bloodbath. Still, the blood can be easily hosed off the plastic pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that, the pitch looks terrible. It's it's starting to accumulate. Rubber masses again, oil slicks. It was what they looked like in the sea. It's, it's, and and once again, the eruption of the rubber particles is just. It doesn't do anyone any favors. Like it's so it's so unnatural. And apparently they loaded it with rubber again because there's supposed to be a test that's conducted by UEFA or whatever it is for European games that if the ball doesn't bounce high enough or doesn't bounce low enough, you have to take rubber or put rubber on to have the right bounce. And it's such an unnatural skid. Like the ball, when the ball is kicked at pace and it bounces, it goes in an, in a diagonal arc. 
it doesn't go straight back up like a ball should because it gathers pace the second it hits that rubber it pace and it goes skidding so you need to have a, a little bit of extra pace this is meant to be much probably improved. benefits Duffy maybe, that, maybe that's why Duffy benefits him because his pace is just boring mm. that was meant to be a much improved artificial pitch no I think they could have got a, a grass pitch for the percentage of the price they paid for that pitch absolutely insane why Why would they choose to do that it's not as if they're renting it out and have revenue from it why would you continue mm. to have a plastic pitch I just don't get it As like fair enough I'm not versed in in Club um, Derry shows it too. Yeah, like I mean, I'm not. I'm. Now that's actually a really good pitch. In fairness, I think or you wouldn't even know. I don't think that's that's got the rubber on it, but it's a horrendous pitch. Horrendous. There was a ridiculous headline in the, the official league Twitter account. It was basically on the lines of Rovers strike late to be ten man Dundalk. Ten man. Dund- Are you serious? Sent off after the final whistle, pal. Yeah, stupid carry on. That's like saying we beat ten man Dundalk last season because Darren Meenan was sent off in the last minute. It's and uh, we were winning two 0 at the time. Yeah, no, that's anti Rovers uh, journalism at best. No, it's just lazy journalism. Lazy. Yeah. I don't think there's any bias in it. Just there is bias, Carl. They hate us. Just think of stupidity. <laughs> right, so it's a classic smash and grab, absolute classic. And uh, what a win! It's do you know what? It's it goes back to what we always talk about the contrast of emotions that football brings live football and you cannot be you really can't like that whole game my stomach was in nuts I'm talking we get the early goal and you're thinking right elation joy fucking just sheer moment of ecstasy and then for the next 50 minutes you're just your stomach is in nuts because you're, just, you're expecting a goal to score because they were good they were putting pressure on us but you're just the, the joy of it and then they score and then you're fucking you're devastated and then you're thinking okay it's 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 bewilderment for the next until until another event happens and you're thinking what is going to happen next and then you score and then you're it's insane it's just the, the range of emotions that live football brings how could you how could you not want live football in your life I just don't get it and that's once again we're going to go again with League of Ireland Curious LOA Curious we will go again I don't know I hear there's great atmospheres in pubs for Liverpool games. So, <laughs> yeah, check uh, them out. <laughs> Great atmosphere in pubs. Oh, man, they just don't know what they're missing. And that's what we're trying to do at the show. We're trying to promote this with the LOI Curious. Give us any bar stools, any bar stools out there. You're, do you know what? I actually want the biggest prick you can think of. <laughs> the biggest wanker of a bar stool that you can come up with. And let's, let's, let's morph them. Let's, get, let's show them what it's all about. That's what we want. Because last mm. night was just absolutely amazing it really it really was incredible win unbelievable win and we who, have who needs Pat Dolan eh? who needs our big Pat and uh, just a couple of notes as well the Dundalk Twitter account were, were actually gracious in the fee really mm-hmm. unlike other clubs after we played them certain clubs and uh, they played rocking all over the world on the PA and our fans loved it best song ever you'd swear it was like Dan Fulham or Mark Lynch in the PA choosing that song. <laughs> Dan, I, could, I looked up to Dan and Dan was giving it socks. <laughs> I think he was the he was the ringleader of What the, a choice to play after a home defeat. Like. It was a little dig. It had to have been. I thought, right, they're playing they're playing the song because they're talking about probably Europe and, and things like that. But sure we went to India. Yeah, yeah, but it was uh, certainly not the right thing to do. We uh, we have blown the title race totally wide open it might cost Dundalk the league again they'd have, gone, they'd have gone six points clear if they won 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that you will hate, Prof. I was on the banter pages, and um, I get it. There's there's a lot of anti Rovers boys talking about like like here's the thing we talk about this all the time. We would have said it as well. Let's say I mean balls, the win against balls, the 99th minute win against against us. They celebrated like they won the league. But here's the thing: I do the same. I did it last night. Are you telling me if you get a 93rd minute penalty? And a winner in an away ground in an intense game against a team, one of your rivals, or against the team that's at the top of the table, you're not going to celebrate like a fucking lunatic. If, if that's the case, fuck off to the bar and go watch Liverpool or, or, or fucking Man United. Go bar still because if you yeah. can't celebrate a 93rd minute fucking penal winner against Dundalk in Oriel Park, you can fuck off. That was insane. It was yeah, unbelievable. That's, that's literally my biggest pet peeve in football. Other teams count on how much we celebrate Oh, wins. look at they celebrated the goal like they won the league. Of course we fucking did. It's been a fucking shite season. That's the highlight of the season apparently, so far. Apparently, what you're, not, you're not allowed to celebrate a win the way the leaders if you're 24 points behind them. What you have to do is just calmly clap yeah. and then leave the ground. I was like, ah, well, we're 20 points behind, so does it really matter? Yeah, no. Absolutely no way. But you get out of that. Oh, he was... All over, I'm telling you, man. I do it all over nothing, again. Nothing screams me more than an absolute dope of a fan. <laughs> when you're calmed the prof is on, on, on the celebrations of other teams, just get away from me. Yeah. Well, I hope they enjoyed that se- that scene of elation and joy and absolute mayhem. I hope they enjoyed it. I hope they filmed it. I hope they watched it back, and I hope they remember it for years to come. And uh, hopefully, um, I don't even. Do you know what? Yeah, I, we don't want them. Should we even comment on the 17 because they're starting to talk about it. Like I said, I was on the banter pages, Prof, and they're saying that Rovers fans are terrified of us, of them hitting the 17 mark eventually. But I, I, if we're going to talk about the title race, I just don't I don't think Cork have it in them. I don't think they're, they play good enough football. And fair enough, they had that knack of winning recently. I think that's that might that the well might mm-hmm. run dry there. So, um, I think Dundalk will retain it. It's still in their favour. Still three points ahead, level um, on games. From our point of view, we're seven points clear of Derry with seven games left. So we're looking pretty strong for fourth at, at a minimum. Yeah, big game and in Bray now, Friday. 2012 was the last time the fourth wasn't good enough for Europe, which we all remember well. Yeah. We remember that one. And uh, yeah, that was our game in hand. So we're back to within a point of Waterford. Much better goal difference. So that's practically a point yeah. in itself. And I'm just going to throw a few stats at you now. A few stats? They're, they're uh, nice this week. I was about to say that. There's no way they can be as bad. No. Uh, last Your week. stats are dependent on the result, really, though, yeah. aren't they? So if it's a win, Why it's going to be, be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last minute win under Bradzer had been Cork in the League Cup. Remember doing it? Right. In extra time. Yeah. Harps at home, Simon Madden, and Galway away, of course. That was Gary Shaw. That was up there with Galway. Yeah, not as drunk and as messy, but as in terms of. So you remember this one? Ep- as in terms of um, epicness and celebrations, it was it was amazing. And um, if there was a Friday night, I reckon I'd still be in Dundalk, <laughs> probably the jail cell. So <laughs> <laughs> I heard you came close, girl. Yeah. Anyway, what you're talking about? Away to Dundalk under Bradster. Actually, you have a good record: one, two, drawn two, lost two. Yeah, we've been uh, it's, it's been fruitful enough to shazzy swivel. Yeah, one of my most hated stats I had a couple of years ago in 2016, we didn't beat any of the top three, 
yeah. it was the first time in almost we, we 20 went, years. Yeah, we went to wild without beating them. I think yeah. We had a period of maybe two or three years where our record was horrendous. Well, you were harping about that for a while. I was harping I on about the away record. What I'm talking about is 2016. We didn't win home or away against the top three. Yeah, it was fun. Last year, we beat Dundalk and Cork and failed to beat Derry. So, to our credit this year, we beat all three of the top three. Unless we ourselves come third, in which case we've beaten the three of the top four. But, um, yeah, going into that, we'd only eight away goals, which was the second worst. Mm. And uh, Dundalk had won 13 in a row before that. Jesus Christ. So, like, part of me is actually angry that we won. Yeah, Carl Cairns said the same thing. Carl was hilarious. Carl was like, I'm, I'm angry either way. We lose, I'm angry. We win, I'm angry. I can understand the frustration, <laughs> though. Think about it. We go out to fucking draw it in the first round of the cup. We lose the balls for the third time. Get get a point off balls this season. But then we go out and we beat Dundalk in Oriel. Like, on a horrible night on a Tuesday night. Like, it's some of these teams that we, like... Are we a team that can't play under pressure though? That's the big question. Look at two um, massive games: Bowes and Dundalk, or, or uh, Dundalk and or Drada and Bowes. Massive games in regards to pressure. We bottled it, and then we go into this game with no pressure. Really, pressure all on them. Look at the teams that we won. Aik hadn't were undefeated in all competitions all year. We were the first team to beat them in ninety minutes. Waterford had lost one home league game. In nearly two years. And we went up there and won. We were the first team to take a point at Turner's Cross. We were the first team to win at Oriel Park this season. So those are quite positive. I know the stats have been really negative. Th- that same team that I, I'm talking about. Lost to Drahada and Bowes and didn't score. Oh my god. It's like, well, I think someone put up a post saying it's only two Stephen Bradley's. <laughs> Such a... Contrast, it, it, it's actually stark. I mean, how I don't get it, I really don't get it. It's wowjus, it's wow, wowjus. As, as Paul O'Connell, I like that he sums it up. He says, We're an enigma, yeah, fantastic. Can't yeah, make yeah. sense of this team, really can't. And um, so basically, Gary, you could say that really grinds my gears. You're gonna, you know, pull the lever there, Carl. I think I am actually, <laughs> Alan Kinsler. Do you know what really grinds my gears? People going on the pitch after goals. The club come out with a statement saying, well, we've got fined X amount and just people can't just help themselves jumping over a wall. <laughs> like, it's just, that really annoys me, you know, because you think of what could be spent on, etc., etc. It's one thing, yeah, winning the league, you know, running, running out to the pitch in Bray or Belfield or whatever, but that's a, that's a different thing altogether, but just... Just jumping on, jumping, jumping over the railings for the sake of it, and the club gets fine money. Number two is the things people do with food and football matches. I just saw a fella squirrel a batter sausage and then give the sausage to his kid. So my name's Owen Rice, and you know what really grinds my gears at football? Wingers who refuse to stay wingers and keep trying to think they're number tens drifting out all, all the time. You're not number 10s, lads. Your job is to hug the touchline, run really fast and hit a ball into a box. Stop grinding my gears. And what really grinds my gears outside of football is people trying to share my food. You know when you're in a restaurant and people are like, oh, there's four of us. Let's just get like two rices and three curries to share. No, I want my own rice. I want my own curry and I want my own naan. This is Alan Manis and this is what grinds my gears. 
if we're talking about stuff within football, not that it really annoys me that much, but it is a bit of a frustration whenever you see a, a certain way people analyse games and they analyse goalkeepers and they treat goalkeepers differently. Um, and like a good example is Mignolet, how at Liverpool and he can't do anything right and when he does one thing wrong then it just everything else that he does is wrong and they'll blame him for things that really aren't his fault and they wouldn't blame other goalkeepers um, for the same thing um, so I think that can be a bit frustrating but um, so that's within football and then just in general I guess Something that would kind of annoy me a bit is whenever maybe you're trying to park a car or you go to whatever supermarket or something and you'll park your car and then you'll see people drive up and park in the disabled spot right in front of the place and um, just walk straight in and they don't have a disabled badge or whatever so they don't they don't you know there's no reason for them to be parking there but not that it affects me in any way it doesn't take up my car parking space but it's just I think the principle of it it's like why not just park 20 meters away in, in a you know, a space that you're supposed to park in, but I guess that would be a bit of an annoyance. So a uh, mixed bag there of grind my gears. Yeah. Mixed uh, football and non-football. Adam was bothered by I don't the do way that some anyway, person... But, um, uh, I tell you what, do you know what actually annoys me? There's a lot of a lot of things that annoy me, but like that, like the likes of... Um, right. what, was, what was Adam's one? Uh, disabled parking. Disabled parking, yeah. That's, that's a big one. Yeah. That's huge. Like, why? Just, just leave it for the fucking disabled person. It's, 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 it's disgraceful. And I, I pull people on that. If I see it every so often, it's not something I don't go around inspecting the car park. But from walking by a car, every so often, I'll, I'll just kind of glance and see if they have a, if they have, a, if they have a pass. And if they don't, I'm like, uh, where's your pass? And they kind of just reverse out and just leave. Just like right, it's the weirdos out there coming and approaching me. Thinks he's a car park attendant, and then you shout at them as they pull away. Yeah. You really grind my gears. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a lot that grinds our gears. We should do, we should do it ourselves. We got a bit of a favour with the FAI Cup quarter final. Hadn't gone much better, so the top three were all kept apart. So I think Cork and the Dock were kept apart. <laughs> Give us your before stat on the that. final. You were great stat on that, don't you? How many games? 55 draws in a row. 55 draws in a row. They never played each other. Going back to 1989. Jesus. Yeah, so... um, I, keep, I have a strong feeling Waterford will make the final. I still do. You think You think Waterford will get there? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to move on to our next segment. Brand new segment on the show. And it's called The Members' Corner. So, we're looking at... Uh, once again, I already spoke about it. We want to we wanna promote the membership and show you how, how, how beneficial it is to, to the club. And uh, we have... Uh, super fan John Rod Stewart Conley and he was generous enough to give me his time at half time in Oriel Park so uh, this is John oh I remember so I'm here with John Conley and we're introducing a new section called the members corner and uh, we're going to get all the members on eventually and just talk to them about uh, the origins of their membership and any any other subjects like that so uh, John t- tell us how long you're a member and why you became one well uh, say, the reason I became a member was, for all the people who don't know, we were having severe financial difficulties at the time, and I thought it was a way for me, and people like-minded, to help out the club. So what I did, I took out three memberships at the time, and I was looking up, I was walking away at the time, and I decided what I would do is, any money I had, 
I'd give it to him in advance. You know, a couple of years in advance. Whatever way I could help out. Because, which a lot of people did, didn't they? A hell of a lot of people did. That's all I want to say. And including board members. Some of the board members took out big loans. Um, and you've been talking five-figure sums, you know, some of them. And some of them are still there. And like, an awful lot of people don't give them credit for what they did. They never brag about it. They never said anything. I just happened to overhear some of the things at the time. And it, because of people like that and all the other members, that's what saved a club at the time. And um, I'd be there since the start. You know, um, the reason I gave up my three memberships because anyone that knows me knows that all the ATMs I was forever giving out, it was too expensive. Like, I was forever looking for family memberships. And I'll still be bringing it up again at this year's AGM. Because when you think about it, if anyone has um, a family there and they want to join, how can you afford 1,800 quid? It's absolutely ridiculous. You just can't do it. It just comes down to the next subject where you're thinking, what what more, what benefits would you like to see introduced for members as regards to that? Even You could touch on that as well. The, the main thing with me is just family membership. And obviously, if you have two, well, three people, I would say, you must give them a reduced rate. I actually think that the fee is way too expensive at the moment. I've said it for years. I know they've done different surveys and things like that. They were working out. If you dropped it down to X amount, would you get more people coming in? They didn't know. Maybe at the moment it'll be worth trying her again because... Things definitely see if you if you look at the price of rents on houses and people can afford rents, so obviously um, there must be money in the country. If you try to get into a restaurant at night time, you can't because yeah. everyone's in it. So maybe we won't try it again. And ways to improve members? What do you reckon is the best way? You just touched on that briefly there, saying that you could lower the amount that's being paid every year. Yeah. Um, I would like to see it tried. Um, the, the, the original board did try various schemes. Nothing seemed to work because we were in the doldrums at the time. Now, everything seems to be going reasonably well, including tonight's results so far. No jinx it, Like I remember back when we did start off um, paying our money in to help out the club because we were in ser- serious financial difficulties. We weren't worried at the time about how the team was doing all we were worried about was would we have a team, Keeping the team would, we, would we actually have a club that's all we were worried about I, I laugh nowadays <laughs> some of our fans seem to want win the league every single year win the cup it's not practical it really isn't at the time uh, when we started off go back 10 years we really weren't worried about the team anything like that don't get me wrong we always wanted the team to win but <laughs> we had more important things to be thinking about at the yeah. time and if you, if you see it now, if you'd have said to me 10 years ago, John, we'd be in this position, we're fought in the league, um, okay, are we doing well, are we not doing well? Is your glass half would full? You, is would your you better hand off years ago for this position now that the club's in? You better believe it. Yeah. You better believe it. I would, and all the members at the moment would, you know. It's because of all the members that the, the club is is where we are, mm. you know. We, I and mean, one of the benefits you you know if someone wants to join the club uh, become a member I know it's very expensive but what I've said to people is two years to get a membership three years to get out between us you will get one vote right you, you're entitled to one vote you can decide look, who's the most I don't know intelligent obvious or what subject you want to talk about yeah. but do it seek a tour saying that to people yeah. do it for you right it's only 150 each then all of a sudden but no one has taken up that offer 
So these would be the, the people that would be fairly vociferous, maybe on forums and things like that. But you still have a saying, run your club. Yeah, but this the sole the sole purpose of this new section is to try and get more members involved. I know, to and, encourage them. And and, do you think that fans owning the club is the way to go? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, it can, it can cause problems definitely because there's so many there but at the same time Barcelona and other clubs have done it um, they don't seem to have a problem with it the German clubs yeah. they've done it don't seem to have a problem with it um, I'm not sure has Charlton tried it um, but, but it's a tried and tested model and it's working it is, yeah. and then you can brag to your mates hey I'm a part owner of Shamrock Rovers yeah. it's, it's a big thing you can turn around and say whatever you want but to be a part owner of a football club it really does come across yeah, you want to be dropping little hints yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. And do you that. think we should cap it at a certain number of the members? Um, well, I don't think we're ever going to have that problem yeah. capping it. I really don't. I'd, I'd love to think it'd be great. Uh, we can only have 2,000. We can only have 1,500. I think it'd be marvellous. We're struggling even as it is. The, it's usually um, the older people because it is, I think it's, don't get me wrong, keep saying it's so expensive, but I do think it's expensive. I know people can say, oh, well, it's only so much a week and things like that. You take out your um, direct debit and do it, certainly. But it, it's something maybe we'll have a look at again in the future. And finally, John, what would you say to a fan who's on the fence about becoming a member? What would you say to push them over the line to become a member? I would say, oh, definitely, most definitely become a member. It's your club. It's going to be, a, if you're a young person, it's going to be the club for the rest of your life if you can get as much enjoyment out of it as I have as my family have and all the lads will tell you my age they will tell you it's your life um, it's something you do but you have a say in it that's the main thing about it you really have a say you can have a, have a little input maybe not much but you certainly do but the main thing is you're helping to keep your club going you know that's the marvellous thing about it people don't realise that we do need um, the money just because we're selling a few players off uh, this year uh, we're okay we're not really you know and it'll help the force team it'll help the the Rollstown project I mean look at all that as well you have to think of that we really are doing well I hate to say it you know people say oh it's okay the the force team is sure but the Rollstown project is going great but it really is as I say we would never have dreamed about this I don't think anyone would have realised 10 years ago 12 years ago do you think a lot of people forget the hard times oh there's an awful lot of people in this club at the moment never even seen the hard times don't want to about it they just think it's a story a myth boy jays I tell you there were hard times we sat my wife we used to leave water down 3 o'clock on match day to go over to the park and we'd be selling a few things in the shop we'd get home at half past 11 at night all voluntary in the meantime we'd be running out on the pitch with a drill going and put a few signs up help yeah. a mark lynch out uh, you know loads of people all done things like that we didn't think out of you know if someone said there's no bulls in the ladies' toilet, something like that. We bought them ourselves. You know the members did. Yeah. We bought them, changed jack seats, just so you could turn around and say to people, well, there is a toilet seat in the ladies' toilet now. It's Rovers now. Even though shells were responsible for it, they didn't do it. You know, but we were quite happy to do it. But certainly, yeah, get involved. If you even have an inkling about becoming a member, please do it now. Join. You will never ever regret it. Yeah, so sorry about the uh, PA guy. He actually wouldn't fucking shut up. He literally spoke for it. And he ended up calling soccer. He said the word soccer as well. So I felt like borsting him. So we, uh, John made a couple of great points there. He said about uh, introducing family memberships. And uh, he thinks it's quite expensive as well. Which I would disagree with John, to be honest. I think it's fine the way it is. But 
there is always room for improvement. Um, he, he speaks a lot of sense, John. Fantastic hoop. Yeah. All his family are hoops. Great stuff as always, and, from John. Yeah. A big thank you to John for helping us out with that. As I, I, I was actually struggling to get somebody to hmm. El Tony R said no straight off the bat. Just um, with a couple of people. Listen, we're going to get every member eventually, so we're coming for you, lads. We are coming for you. Um, yeah, so on Sunday, we're going to talk about the Roadstone Project. The under 19s beat Galway 2 0 in Talent goals from Sean Callan and Harry Cornelly. Uh, they don't have a league game for another three weeks now. It's a strange one, isn't it? It's a bit of a gap. And it was a Galway double bill in Talat. The 70s beating 3-1 on Saturday. Clark from the penalty spot. Bogdanov and Alua. And next up for them is Kerry League on Sunday. And that's at 3pm. And then we had the 15s beat UCD 9-0 in the Cup. And they'll play St. Pat's in the semi-final. Sinclair Armstrong with the Sinclair <laughs> shuffle. Banging in a hat-trick. Was it was a hat-trick? That was two. Oh, well, uh, either way, he was doing the Sinclair yeah. shuffle. It was only 2-1 uh, in the previous meeting. I know, yeah. We were talking about that in the Oriole. And uh, it was 6-0 at halftime. People were raving about this performance. Apparently, they were pressing at 6-0. Duffer had them pressing. People are raving about this team in general for a while now. Yeah, yeah so um, that's what, yeah, the 9-0 win. Absolutely hockey day over. Like, that's... that's and I, I've seen a couple of snide comments online as well about this 15s league and people saying, "Oh, we yeah, well, so much for development," and uh, like the like it's it's a, it's it's not working. But I mean, these things happen. These results happen. I mean, didn't United beat Forest nine 0 Yeah, in the nineties. Remember that? I think Andy Cole bagged a couple. Bit of a leap to go there, but okay, <laughs> I'll go with it. Shut up, <laughs> you grind my gears. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. So. Um, that was the 9-0 hockeying and they'll play St. Pat's in the semi-final. And the first game into the top eight of phase two will be against Limerick on Saturday. So 7 o'clock kickoff at the Roadstone. So loads of points if you're free. Fair play to Robert Goggins. Got to all three games. Three God, wins. Some boy, isn't he? Three wins, Fair 14 play, goals, only one conceded and that was a penalty. So it was a good day for Rob. Loads of goals and uh, yeah, dedicated member as usual. And a valued member, Shamrock Roberts. Big shout out to Robert, the Gog Goggins. If you're listening, Robert, you're next, right? Remember his corner. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, actually. Yeah, we'll pencil him in, and uh, we'll 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 try and have a point with him. And we forgot to say that the members, uh, when we do interview them, the members actually have to buy the points, Rob. So bring your wallet. And um, the weekend before last, Rovers won under twelve. Peninsula Cup hosted by Blurgan United and uh, they seem to be bringing home the silverware left, right and centre so congrats to the under 12s uh, the National Amputee League Rovers finished off the league campaign with two fine wins firstly 3-2 over Bowes sounds like an epic win and a 3-0 win over Cork at Ballymun United's Complex so um, yeah well done to the lads they, they started that season a bit slow a couple of heavy defeats but only one defeat in their last 10 in League and Cup and uh, picked up a trophy as well, mm. so well done. And on the on the, a quick little note on Ballymun United, their first season, I think, John Lester is the gaffer there now, former League of Ireland player. They actually beat Bluebell 2-1 in their first home game. So there was a massive surprise there, and uh, they screwed my bet over again. So thanks very much, Ballymun United. And CIE Ranch. And CIE Ranch, yeah, that was another one. So uh, work on the new stand has gone quicker than expected and it could be ready by mid-September. So lighting and public address speakers have also been installed so the seats come next. And no doubt 
they're going to be multicolored. Bring on the Lego. And the, they actually are going to be Lego. Yeah. They will be. But you know what? It's going to fit in, isn't it? It's going to fit in with the rest of the stadium. They might as well. So, um, no official word as of yet on Gavin Bazunu. It's been widely reported in the Irish media that the deal is done. And a Man City news site has said this. Manchester City have struck a deal to sign Irish goalkeeping sensation Gavin Bazunu from Shamrock Rovers next summer after concluding negotiations on Friday. City will pay an initial 400000 £360,000 for the 16-year-old who is already a first-teamer for Shamrock Rovers and has played in the Europa League. The fee will rise if he reaches City's first team or goes on to represent Ireland as senior level. Shamrock or Bazunu broke into the Shamrock Rovers' first team at the start of July, keeping four clean sheets in a row and will head to Manchester next summer after completing his leaving certificate. And according to the Times, City finished the deal with a Rovers delegation on Friday and Bazunu attended the 6-1 win over Huddersfield Town at the... Weekend, sorry, Bizunu met Pep Guardiola, who could one day work with should he progress from the other 18s, where he's expected to tar- start to the first team. So, uh, life changing stuff for Mr. Bizunu. So, mm. all the luck in the world to the guy, and hopefully, we get to see him in uh, in the hoops just before he leaves. So, fantastic day from and a great kid, and Rovers is everything to him. <coughs> Some of the comments in the media about, about this, Niall Quinn was saying that this is a kind of a landmark moment for Irish really? football. In that, where like a Premier League club is trusting the development of one of our 16 year olds rather than signing like a, a 10 or 11 year old from Cherry Orchard yeah. and bringing them to their academy, they're actually trusting ours. Uh, Stephen Hunt was talking about it in the end though as well, but he made sure to get one little dig in on Bradzer. I saw that. He said... Uh, he fancies his granny as a gaffer, doesn't Even he? my granny would have had us higher up in the league with our resources. There's a... Steve, that, was a that was a low blow. Stephen Hunt speaking there with his zero League of Ireland experience. Like, what's his... Um, I know he's an agent now, but what's... What prompted that? Why... why it was out of the blue. Really. Yeah, like, what What prompted that? Like, what's what's the problem there? Like, what's why is he commenting on that? Fair enough. He, he, I don't know listen it's a strange one mm. and the Daily know. Mail had a pop with us too for uh, not letting Bazunu talk to reporters I mean really he's 16 years old like if I'm a journo I'm not thinking I have some God given right to talk to a teenager what was their, what was their angle on that what they say that we're kind of being hypocritical promoting the youth and all but then shying him away from the media no maybe it was his parents choice maybe they had, had a say in it and said listen we don't want to talk to the papers no, he's still a kid, let's be honest. But um, Tottenham and Norwich also made offers for the young Dubliner, but he will be heading to City. And the state of the art CFA in uh, 2009, I can only imagine what that's going to be like. Like going into the future. Like, think about the facilities they're going to have. Think about the way he's going to get treated over there. It's, it's, it's fantastic, and hopefully, hopefully, he'll get into the force team eventually. And uh, Claudio Bravo, I think, snapped some sort of muscle or something anyway. So if he had been there now, he could have been on the bench. So you never know. So with Mikey O'Connor, former Rovers player, scored Linfield's equaliser versus Clifford. Be very, uh, he's, he's been lashing up the photos on Instagram as well. So he's he's loving his time at <laughs> Linfield anyway. He'll be um, kissing the crest soon. Some, uh, some curious behaviour on social media we thought we'd uh, mention. Owen Stokes put his goal for bows against us on social media and then one of our under 19s players liked it yeah I'm not I've been noticing a lot of this now, we won't name any names but like wh- why like even so, actually you know what some of our force teamers as well are liking other players 
posts against us. So why? Why do that? Like that under nineteen's one was was shocking. Like why would you like that? Because mm. like, oh, the football community. No, that's not the way it is. You keep the rivalry separated. Like it's keep the hatred going. Keep the hatred going. Yeah. Um. Uh. Paul Mladenovic. I hope I pronounced that right, Paul. He used to be on Rovers media team. He's selling prints of Keith Ward celebrating with a corner flag in Tala. So basically, Paul's completed a full heel turn now. Yeah, I, um, yeah. So uh, Paul, you yeah, know, um, good luck to him. I just hope he sells no Keith Ward posters. I hope they all get ruined by mold or maggot infestation. Um, so yeah, we've um, it's it's been a little bit more positive this week. The likes of uh, like obviously a fucking a two one late win in, in Oriel will help, but um, it's it's been a, a bit of a I mean John like John spoke on there. I said to John in the member sec in the members corner, I said to him ten ten years ago, would you have taken the hand off someone for the position we're in now? And he says, yeah, a lot of people don't realise what the club went through. So I think we need to look we need to take that perspective as well as regards to the season. And I know we're Shamrock Rovers and we demand. That we 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 play well and we win leagues and things like that. But I mean, ten years ago, he's talking about people taking out five six figure sums, thousands of euro, just to help the club. I think we have to remember that where we were, and we we are in a fantastic position now as regards to the the Rosedown development. The first team, fair enough, it's not great at the moment. We're not we're not steamrolling anybody, but let's let's put things in perspective. As a whole, we're doing really well when it comes to the likes of the Rollstone project and the stadiums coming together and things like that. Eventually, I think the fourth team will fall into place, but um, it's all about people's patience, isn't it? And seeing if we can give him the time. I'm not even going to talk about whether I think he should be given the time or not. I'm not even going to get into that because we haven't got four hours and there's not enough cans in the fridge. So <laughs> You've only had one Guinness. <laughs> you need eight for that. Yeah, yeah so um, we're not doing a show next week, unfortunately. But we will keep you updated on our whereabouts and what the crack is for the next while. Um, we'll preview the Bray away a little bit now. Their new manager is Gary Cronin. Gary Cronin is Glenn's brother, I think. Is it? I think so, yeah. I'm nearly sure. He used and to play for Bray and Longford and he was assistant manager under Cousins for a mm. while. And Joey's chairman is gone in there now as well. So I think we, we need to approach this. We really need to approach this not cautiously but we need to go for it I mean this this is a struggling Bray team who have nothing to lose so that's that's something I will be weary of but we've we, we've, a, we've a lot more to gain now as well because we won in Dundalk we really need to get I, I, I'd go for 4-4-2 we'll, um, we can't underestimate them we really need to go there haven't we? we've, not, we've not had much joy out in the Carlisle for a while so um, we'll move on now we'll talk about starting 11s and predictions Just not on Bray as well. Gary McCabe went to Crusaders. He's he's gone up, is he? Right. That's uh well, I don't know, that's a decent enough move for mm. maybe a few quid there. We've lost our last three out here, the Carolina Grounds. I haven't actually seen us win here in seven years. It was the Carl Shepherd header at the end. Do you remember that? What a header. Two one. Uh Kieran Kilduff yeah. cross. I remember when Michael O'Neill made that sub, we were fucking slating him, saying, what is he doing, putting Kilduff 
I think, or Tommy Stewart, I think it was. It was something like that. But either way, that was uh, Shepard was fantastic with his head that season. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna go same starting eleven. I can't fault anybody. That was a great win. I tell you, do you know what? I'm gonna put Joey O'Brien in at rifle. That's the only change. Joey O'Brien in at rifle, and uh, Eden Boyle will step out. So, yeah, that's it. That's the only shot. That's no. Do you know what? I'm gonna go four four two. That means if the takeout fit, I'm gonna drop Ronan Finn. I didn't mm. actually speak on him. I thought Ronan Finn was a little bit invisible. I thought. He did a lot of running, but I'm going to drop him. I'm going to keep Bulger there. I'm going to keep Watts there. Same team. And uh, so that is Ronan Finn dropped. And Shawsy starts with a 4-4-2. And Joey O'Brien at right full instead of Eaton Boyle. Yeah, I agree with Joey coming in. And uh, sure, I'm the same as you. I won 4-4-2. I'm the same as James Cook and McBurn. So I'd love to see Shaw and Cara fun, especially in Bray. Actually, I think they did play briefly together in Bray as well. We lost one nil out there in that horrible wind and rain, and they were up to up together for ten minutes. We were a goal. Actually, I can't remember what the score was. They're up there together for ten minutes, and then Kara got sent off. Yeah. So I think that is the last time they were ever on the pitch at the same time. Even rare. But, uh, it's, a, it's rare. I dropped Greg Bulger for to accommodate Shaw coming in there. Do you know what? Greg was actually good in Dundalk. Yeah. Um, he he did a lot of he he dictated a lot of how we played and how we pushed and pressed, and it went unseen. So I think Greg Greg had a great game because he he was he was doing a lot of talking, so he was quite influential. So I keep him in there, and hopefully keep up the tempo. And um, yeah, so I'm gonna go for the same one. I'm gonna go for uh, I'm gonna go for I'll go for two nil win, goal in each half. And Shawsy to bang one in against his former club. I'll say a 2-0 win. I say we get the scoring done in the first half. And then a nil-all damn squid. See out the game. See out the game, yeah. We've still a couple of injuries as well, don't we? We've Lukey Bourne, Sean Boyd and Trevor Clark all out. Absolutely dying for Trevor Clark to get back. One of my favourite players of all time at Raw. It's just so exciting. So, um, dying to get him back in. A couple of weeks ago, Trev tweeted this. He said, nearly five months since my op. I couldn't feel any better. Be back fitter, stronger than ever I was before. Not long to go now. And then a few later, he says, what an experience in the fast, past few days has been. Back running for the first time, kicking the ball again, and all you shit talkers, I'll be back. So delighted for Trev and uh, praying to see him back soon enough. And uh, where does he slot in if that's the case? Does he go left full? Does he go left wing? But either way... Well, I remember the combo of uh, Clark and Cavanaugh was looking really good. Yeah, I remember against really Derry... Not even injury related, they just kept swapping a couple of times, didn't they? It was amazing. But even yeah, they were really, they were really fluent. But even like a, a a Brando in his heyday and a Trevor Clark in his in his form in form would be it'd be excellent. So delighted to mm. see he's, he's progressing. So uh, yeah, we'll see everyone in Bray on Friday. Uh, I think for the sake of all logic and reason, can we please not win away to league leaders and then lose to the bottom club? in the space of three days yeah let's just go out and let's continue on the farm and of course I mean all the hardcore are going to be there as usual and um, just just get up and get out and let's let's support the team and like I said we follow the crest and uh, hopefully we'll see you out at the seaside on Friday and keep on hooping see ya